This is the Village Church Q&A podcast, where our goal is to create digital, shareable, and helpful content to make disciples who will go, grow, and overcome. Welcome back to the Village Church Q&A podcast. Pastor Tim and Pastor Michael with you. Listeners, thanks for joining us today. We've got a great question, and here it goes, Michael. Where in the Bible does it talk about the story of Satan? There's a lot in the Bible that talks about Satan and the story of Satan. So let's uh, give a big picture of the story of Satan. Like all things, there's this uh, principle called general revelation, um, progressive revelation. Progressive revelation. Progressive revelation, which means that there's a subject matter, which is progressively more information is revealed about that subject matter as you go throughout the history of Revelation or the history of Scripture. Yes. So immediately, like right in the book of Genesis, you're introduced to the reality that there is an oppositional figure, there is an evil one in opposition to the people of God and God himself. And you're talking about Genesis 3, the temptation. Yeah, absolutely. And and also what you find in Genesis is that God is personified or incarnate in Jesus. And so Jesus is a very physical being. He walks with Adam and Eve in the cool of the day. He shows up as the angel of the Lord throughout the book Mm -hmm. of Genesis. And, And so it's pretty clear that there is this, if you will, this competition between God who takes flesh and the evil one. Well, at the very same time the book of Genesis is, is written, there's a book called the book of Job. Yes. And the book of Job is written. There's a guy named Job who lives, apparently, we don't know the exact dates, but a very similar time period to Abraham. Mm-hmm. And so in the book of Job, you get this initial story where Satan approaches God and basically puts God to a challenge and yes. says, um, the reason Job loves you is because you made his life easy. Let right. me make his life hard and, and, and he'll watch reject what happens. you. Yeah. So you start to see the character of of Satan kind of further developed, um, but it's not really after that until the books of Isaiah and Ezekiel, Ezekiel? yeah, in the Old Testament. This yeah. period of say seven hundred BC, uh, we're talking a good amount of centuries after Abraham and Moses. Uh, the people of God are in the Promised Land, and uh, there's a lot more development around this concept. But I think what's really clear that we need to be really just clear on is that the Jewish people, by and large, did not have a fully developed concept of Satan, right? the afterlife, mm-hmm. spiritual dynamics. We take for granted all of the things that Jesus talked about were progressively revealed, especially over the last seven, 800 years before Jesus came. And so Jesus is bringing together a much more developed and clear and systematic teaching and theology and understanding of Satan and demons, hell and heaven. Yes. So all of these concepts are progressively revealed. In fact, a lot of what we understand about the new heaven and the new earth comes from the book of Isaiah or Ezekiel, Ezekiel. both of them actually, but they're even written in poetry. So sometimes it's hard to create systematic propositional ideas But the New Testament comes in, and Jesus, especially, and Paul, and they bring such clarity to these formerly poetic Mm -hmm. descriptions. And the poetry makes sense in light of the clarity now, but it's these concepts are progressively revealed. They get progressively clearer and clearer. Mm -hmm. By the time the book of Revelation is written, now we have these crystal clear images of the new heaven and the new earth and the afterlife and heaven and hell and everything else. So I say that to say the story of Satan is a progressive story. Uh, each successive generation of followers of God in the Old Testament got more and more, more, and more information. information from right. God. Yeah. So even like this concept, I'll give you an analogy, like the concept of the Trinity, okay? That was not formulated by Jewish scholars 
uh, really it was the Christians that put that together, but the Jewish scholars did have this concept of a suffering servant from Isaiah yes. and, and God taking physical form and yet God a spirit. They had these, I don't know, glimpses, hints, hunches, something about the nature of God was more complex than they could understand. But when Jesus came, Jesus' teaching and the Apostle Paul gave this unbelievable clarity to the triune mm-hmm. nature yes. of God. He is infinitely and yet, more and yet complex. In Genesis chapter one and two, we see the evidence that God is speaking with someone else yep. in his Godhead. Yeah, God self-references as yes. plural. Let plural. us let us make, make man, man in our, our image. image. So these hints are given, but it wasn't until the New Testament, until Jesus and the apostles, that we got the kind of clarity. Yes. But what's cool about it is that uh, when you read the clarity, it actually makes complete sense of what happened. You don't have to try to fit some of the more enigmatic language of the Old Testament, like it doesn't have, you don't have to stretch it. It fits so cleanly and nicely because it's true. With the progressive revelation, you when you get more and more information in scripture, you can look back to what was said previously and you say, ah, mm. now I understand what's being said there or what yep. in poetry is being explained or being beautifully illustrated in poetic language. Yep talking about some, something that is clearly explained yep. later in Scripture. Totally. We're spoiled rotten because we have all of the history of Revelation for millennia at our fingertips. I can look at the book of Genesis and I can say, okay, when Moses penned this, that's all they had. I can look at the recipients of the book of Joshua and say, man, we have way more Revelation at our fingertips than they did. They had what was necessary. Yep for them to do what God expected them to do. And when we get to heaven, we're going to have infinitely more revelation then than we do now. Mm-hmm. And uh, in terms of progressive revelation, like that will be a, a quantum leap in terms of our understanding. I, I of absolutely totally God. agree with what you're saying. And yet we see times in the Old Testament that God will make a statement that I just wonder, what did the readers actually right. think? Yep. The story is about David, David taking a census for the people. God has told him not to do that. And we read these words in 1 Chronicles chapter 21. Then Satan stood against Israel and incited David to number Israel. Right. So it's a statement, yep. clear. There's no more explanation, but it just dropped the bomb. Dropped the bomb. And what they know. Satan did this. What they know at that time is Genesis. What they know is Job. What they know is some Jewish rabbinical Talmudic teaching but they don't have clear designated lines. They know that there's an adversary. Yes. They know this adversary has access to God. They know that this adversary and God are not on the same page, but this idea of his name, mm-hmm. the full scope of his character and his maliciousness, they didn't have all that. But my point, is, so the question was, the question is, where, where in the Bible is the story of Satan? So you go to Genesis, you go to the book of Job, Isaiah 14 and Ezekiel 28. 28. When you read these stories, by the way, in, in Ezekiel and Isaiah, there's something you kind of got to have to know. Because yep. there is a poetic form that's Correct. being taken here by the writer. Yep, yep. So what happens in the spiritual world of the Bible is for every nation, there is a corresponding demon with oversight of that nation. And so in Scripture, this might be a big drop bomb to drop on people who've never <laughs> heard this, but um, uh, Daniel 10 actually is a story where you learn yeah. about the demonic hierarchy over nations yes. and that demons are allotted and assigned to different nations and the angelic and the demonic realm are realms that function under the jurisdiction of authority. They're authoritative realms. And so there's Almost like a, a military ranking. Very much so. And that is actually a unique 
spiritual law, despite their rebellion, they live in authority. So in the demonic world, scripture teaches that there is this incredible level of hierarchy. If you have a nation like Sidon Mm -hmm. um, or Tyre, there's the king, but then there is the ruler of that. Yes. So when you read Isaiah and you read Ezekiel, it'll be referencing the king of Tyre or the king of Sidon, but the poetic structure is such that A, no king could ever do these things. Right. And B, without a doubt, it's referencing Satan Satan, himself, who is the spiritual dynamic force of these empires. Yeah, behind Behind them. Yeah, behind them. So you just need to know some of the rhetorical devices used in there and that they're referencing something deeper and more spiritual. And the content makes that very clear. Yeah, because clearly what's being said there, even though it's in poetic language, could not be describing a human being. Yeah, not at all. You jump from Isaiah 14 to Ezekiel 28, and then really the next major pieces of Revelation are going to happen in the Gospels. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, Jesus gives a little bit of clarity that Satan was cast out of heaven. Um, it gives uh, us some clarity in terms of concepts of possession and oppression and authority so that the demonic realm is under the authority of Jesus and spiritual people. And you get to the New Testament, you see this ongoing battle between Satan that Paul and the other apostles describe. And Revelation, the story is given more clarity when you actually get to hear the end of Satan, that he will burn in the lake of sulfur and fire forever yes. and ever. So he's a common character from Genesis, really chapter three, all the way to the all last the chapter the of the Bible. And in between, you know, like there's not like one place where it's like, let me tell you the story of Satan. Even Satan as a name. He has been given multiple names in the Bible by different Bible writers. He's called Lucifer. He's called Beelzebub. Beelzebub. He's he's called an (laughs) angel of light. There's so many different names that he's given throughout the Bible to say, what is the story of Satan? You have to broaden that and say, well, the character, the person of Satan, even though his name may be others in the Bible, you'd have to reach beyond just the name of Satan. All right. So here's a question. When I'm praying, Tim, yes. who do I pray to? Father, the Son, the Spirit, doesn't matter which one I pray to. Do you have an opinion? I do. You do? I, I do. I actually don't know all what you're going to say, but I'm <laughs> excited to hear it. So come back next time, and we will jump into that question. Please come back. Please come back.